0: The key to fam you getting over the hump this year can be found in their running back's room. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. Just means it's time to follow me on Twitter, at South Exclusives, which you can find right Here at the bottom of the screen. But if you don't see it, that's because you're on the audio side of things. And I thank you for that too. Just don't forget the S on the end of South exclusives. Now, we're going to wrap up today's episode talking about sitting out spring games. How should we feel about players choosing, or more so, teams choosing, not to play some players in the spring game? In the spring portal period has opened up, we've seen teams add in transfer talent after the spring games. To me, this is the most interesting. Period of the, of the transfer portal. But before we get into any of those things, I know exactly why you're here. You want to hear about FAMU. You want to hear about the fact that Famu SWAC championship stakes are completely tied to the running game, in my opinion. I do not believe that with a running game like they had last season, the Rattlers can win the SWAC. That is my personal belief. Now, for the two years that they've been in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, The Rattlers have been the second best team. They've been really good. They've been a really good team. They've been the second best team and they haven't been in a SWAC championship because they share a division with the first best team. So obviously the thing that they need to do is get over that Jackson State hurdle. That's clear cut. You have to be the best team. You have to have the best record. And part of that is going to be in your first game, getting over this Jackson State hurdle, something that you have not done in the last two seasons of course but beyond that to just style of play what is going to be necessary whether it's to beat Jackson State or to beat everybody else is the running game and I'll tell you what I don't think a team runs the table I don't think we have an undefeated team in the SWAC this year and for storyline purposes I think it'd be really interesting if FAMU comes out and beats Jackson State week one because I know what all of the chatter is going to be including me I'll feed into that as well the chatter would be fam you has finally got over that hurdle it would be that FAMU is the team to beat in the SWAC I'd say it everybody should say it. it's just what it looks like unless some team just comes out and looks phenomenal week one other than FAMU, that's what we're going to talk about because they finally exercised their demon but I'm the guy who said I don't think anybody's gonna go undefeated in the SWAC so I just think it'd be interesting story-wise right follow me if they beat Jackson State and then somewhere down the line, lose another game. Because I don't think anybody, regardless of how that game transpires, is going to go undefeated. But if you want to be the team who has the one loss instead of two losses, I think FAMU is going to need to be able to run the ball. I told you that I like stories. Well, I like to tell them just as much as I like to watch them unfold. So follow me like Snoop in 93 I'm about to paint a little bit of picture for you. So let's talk about the fact that FAMU had a great season last year. Had a great season the year before. Matter of fact, they were pretty much identical in record. They were both nine and two in the regular season. You had one loss to Jackson State in the conference. You lost to a power five team or at least an FBS team in both of those other games. So that was your two losses in each season. But the big difference was the fact that in 2021. Fam, you went to the FCS playoffs in 2022. They didn't. Some people feel like that was warranted, some people feel like it wasn't. I personally understand why they didn't make the playoffs, but what does this have to do with the running game? See, everything was different. Everything was different to me because they weren't as dominant. You look at the records identical, but even identical twins have something that differentiates them. And for me, that was FAMU's dominance. But I know what you're thinking. Really, what does this have to do with the running game? Because we're talking about records from 2022 and 2021. We're in 2023 now. We're talking about records in these two seasons. Why are we talking about identical twins? What does any of this have to do with the FAMU running game? Now, if you just didn't ask any of those questions and those were all rhetorical, I appreciate you for just following me and putting trust in me that I'm going to take you to the promised land because I am. The dominance, the FCS playoffs, all of those things are connected. In 2021, they were a much more dominant team. They made it to the FCS playoffs. In 2022, not so much, and they didn't make it there. You know what they were in 2021? A phenomenal running team. Bishop Bonnett was one of the best running backs in the SWAC. He was a top five leading rusher per game in the SWAC. This guy was an absolute baller y'all think that's a coincidence let's go a little bit further i'm not going to get too deep into specific numbers but the total points per game down in 2022 the total yards per game down the rankings were significantly lower you were the worst running team in the conference last year 12th not you were one of the worst. you were the worst running team in the conference if you want to win the SWAC, you can't be 12th in anything I know you were still the second best team. And if you were to beat Jackson State, yeah, you probably would have won it all. But I don't think that you can beat Jackson State without the running game. I don't think you can beat everybody else in the running without the running game. I think this team is going to be. I think this team is going to face competition that they might not be as used to in the SWAC, especially in that East. I really think that you're going to see Jackson State, FAMU. Alabama State, all really good. I really think that TSU is gonna be really good. And look, I think Grambling's gonna be good too. I know they didn't show it last year and they had some issues, but I have a little bit of faith that Grambling is, go- that Grambling is going to put it together. Maybe I don't, because it seemed like that didn't want to get out of my, my mouth for real. But it is what it is. So if you're going to put this much emphasis on the running game, and I am, you have to look at the running back room. So they think that Terrell Jennings had a really good spring and they feel like he's put everything together. Now, who else is going to pair with him? You have Jaquez Yant. So he's a guy who is a big, agile running back that they really like down there in Tallahassee. Then you have Kevin Dean. And Kevin Dean's the shifty guy. So you have three players. And you look at Coach Simmons, he says this is the deepest running back room he's ever coached. And he also has a problem of understanding who's going to get touches in the the fall. But that's a lovely problem to have. So those three men likely are going to be the guys who shape out and get the most touches They're going to have to contribute to a strong running game. It might not need to be Bonnet or whatever, but it needs to be a strong running game. And one of the people who's going to help them is a is a lineman out of LSU that they just plucked out of the transfer portal. He's coming to FAMU, the spring era, of the transfer portal. A lot of teams are making moves like this. And to me, this spring era, the spring period is the most interesting period in the transfer portal. Let's expand on that thought, though as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. The great basketball games just continue rolling. I am absolutely in love with this Kings versus Warriors series. I'm not so in love with the A-Town stomp and the jump and all of that, but hey, it added to the intrigue of the game and it gave me some great things to see on Twitter the following day. So shout out to Draymond for that. Let's put a bid down on what you think how long do you think Draymond's going to last in the next game before getting a technical foul? I don't know if that's on FanDuel, but they have everything on FanDuel.com. So go to FanDuel.com slash on Bet on the Warriors series, the Cavs series who just evened it up one-to-one. You can put some money down on the Hawks and Celtics. You can put money down on the Grizzlies and Lakers. What can the Grizzlies do without Ja Morant? You have the NHL playoffs where the Dallas Stars are down 1-0 to the Minnesota Wild. You have all of these things, and they're all present on fanduel.com slash locked on go to fanduel.com slash locked on today and make every moment more and as we continue rolling on today's episode of locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day now this final transfer portal period for me the spring period of the transfer portal it's the most interesting to me see I went through a couple of adjectives on how I wanted to describe it at first it was the best then it was the most entertaining I almost called it the most important and I think that all of those kind of apply but the one I landed on the most is the most interesting that was the one that I thought was the most applicable and probably the most accurate description of this Period of the transfer portal. So you have two and a half to three sections that I divide them up into. You have the early signing day transfer portal guys, the national signing day transfer portal guys, and then the spring game transfer portal guys. So I kind of say two and a half because I believe that even if you sign on national signing day and you're a transfer player, you can play in the spring. I could be wrong, but to me, they're both early signing day and then national signing day, they're both guys who just decided they didn't want to be on that team going forward in 2023. They ended the season said, this isn't where I want to be anymore, whether that's because there's people ahead of them, whether that's because they played so well, they wanted a change of scenery, different opportunity, whether that's because... I don't know, maybe the coach left. There's a lot of things that could go into that. But you decided before the season started, I don't want to be at that other school, so I'm going to transfer. Those are the signing day, guys. But then the spring game, people, are people who didn't really decide that they didn't want to be a part of that team going into the season. For whatever reason, it could be the same thing. Coaches not really meshing with the new coach. You could be talking about players you just can't beat out in the spring. Or you might have felt like, you know, this isn't where I want to be anymore. Sevian Wilkerson. Savion Wilkerson was going to be the starting running back for Jackson State. Just decided he didn't want to be there anymore for whatever that reason is. So it's not always rejects. I think a lot of times we look at transfer portals and we think it's a reject. Oh, unless they go into like some power five school. We look at transfer portal kids as if oh you couldn't cut it wherever you are. So now you're coming over here. That's not always the case. And I think that Wilkerson is a great example of that not being the case. But for me, why do I think it's the most interesting from a fan perspective, it's fun. It's entertaining, especially if you like your spring game. It's kind of like LeBron when he was in there making an the album with 2 chains and introduced Titty Boy to the actual concept of a deluxe, right? <laughs> he said, you know what? Everybody was good. He go two more for you. That's kind of what the transfer portal is in the spring. It's LeBron James saying, you know what? We had a great spring game. I know you're all happy for what the season's about to be. Starting safety for you. Starting defensive tackle for you. A little extra depth in the running back room for you. That's what it is. It's extra songs that are now going to be on the deluxe. So. I'm actually a, a fan. I'm very entertained. By what the early. Or excuse me. The spring period signing day. Spring period transfer portal. See I don't know if this is actually a term. I made this up. I made this up. So if it sounds as if. This is some new term. It's because it is to me. I just put a couple things together. But. For the coaches, it's a situation where you get to actually evaluate your roster as clear as possible. See, you're putting together a recruiting class on what you think somebody could be going in the future. Everything's a future game, but this is really just kind of guesswork. Excuse me. So it's kind of more guesswork than in the spring, because once the spring happens, you're now looking at a team who you've seen on the field. You've been able to actually watch players and see, okay, this person can fill this role. I still need people in my running back room. I still need offensive linemen. Those are things that you can now see. So now you can hammer home and hit the transfer portal with a little bit more focus and a little bit more information. The same kind of goes for the players. The information, the clarity, that trickles down from the the coaches. The things they know when they're going to recruit you, they know that that cornerback two ain't no good. And sometimes you think a wide receiver might elevate, right? So you're looking at a player who was your wide receiver two last year. And you're thinking, this this year he's going to be a wide receiver one. Then you get into the spring. Nah, he's a wide receiver two. You need to go get you a wide receiver one. So you hit the transfer portal and you get a guy from LSU who's coming down. That's a pretty good move because you feel like that guy can be your wide receiver one. It's filling a hole that you have now evaluated in your team and you know it possesses. It's a little bit, it's, it's basically the same principle because you're still trying to fill out the roster. The only difference is you've actually seen the roster in action a little bit more. So overall, it's great. It's clarity for everybody. Fans, you get a little fun. Coaches, you have clarity to fill holes. And then the players, you have more clarity to know what you're walking into. So you know when that running back room is is weak. You just do. So that's why I like this or find this to be the most interesting transfer portal, period of the three been I mean, going forward talking about some spring games a couple of players sat out and I'll tell you what I'm not overly opposed to it I actually think it makes a lot of sense depending on that situation let's dive into the situations and the players who who sat out as we continue with Locked on HBCU That's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, every day, making it all the way to segment three. I thank you two times for that. Sending out spring games. There's two players who did it. How should you feel about it? I'll tell you how I feel about it. And I'm looking at two players in particular who sat out of a spring game. Jada Byers and Andrew Boddy. Those are the two players that I'm going to use to make my point. I like both of them sitting out. I'll tell you the difference between those two and somebody else who might do it in the future because I don't want to make this a a regular practice for everybody. But for certain people, yeah, you know, I think it's justifiable. Jada Byers, or I'll start off with Andrew Body because I think this is the one that is the most understanding. Body injured himself in the last game of the regular season last year. Well, the last game Texas Southern played because there was no postseason for the Tigers he's still rehabbing that injury so of course it makes sense for him not to play in the spring game he did play in spring practice everything else he did go through the practices from what I heard from what I understood in the article he he practiced he just didn't play in the game because they didn't want him to take any unnecessary shots that's real precaution because the red jersey is supposed to stop you from taking unnecessary shots but we really want to hold you out because we want to make sure you don't even get touched a little bit I think everybody can understand a quarterback who was still rehabbing, choosing not to play in the spring game. Now, what he was doing is being on the sideline. What he was doing was standing on the sideline, coaching his other teammates. So you're still mentally engaged. You're still getting all the installs and things of that nature. So it's mental reps. He wasn't just kicking in the stands with the family. So everybody can understand that. But Jada Byers. Jada Byers is one that I'm not sure everybody can understand because Byers was on low management. Byers isn't hurt. I like the low management. Byers plays running back, and he got over 300 touches last year. There's players or there's quarterbacks who don't throw the ball over 300 yards and 300 times in a season. You're talking about kickoffs, receptions, punt returns, rushing, of course. He had 284 rushing attempts. And he plays running back, guys. He plays running back, a position that you're going to get banged around a lot. They said, you know what? You've tote the rock enough in the fall we know what you are we know everything that you have let's just go ahead and sit you down now what's the difference between them saying we're going to take that precaution and load management with jada Byers versus some other player because i don't think everybody deserves that preferential treatment because if we just sat back and decided to be completely risk averse we would never practice if we decided that you know what Injuries, we want to just completely avoid at all costs. We would never practice. We probably wouldn't even play, but maybe we decide that we're going to play the game. You have to practice. You have to. That's, un- that's non-negotiable. However, and Jada Byers has over or nearly 300 carries in the past season. He plays a position where people don't value it. Everybody loves a running back, but nobody actually values the running back. That's why people say don't draft it in the first round. You can get one in the later rounds. Jada Byers might be one of those later round guys. But if he's carrying the ball 300 times a year, that's another thing people don't like because they feel like the shelf life of a running back is small. That's the difference. You're taking care of your star player. You're making sure that he is fresh as possible, not taking any kind of risk, because then that's going to help benefit you in the in the in your offense. Right. Of course, it's going to help him in his draft stock, but it's going to benefit your offense as well. I can't let Isaiah Major not play linebacker because we feel like he might get a concussion. I can't. That's not a position where I feel like the stakes are as high. It's just not. I mean, you're going to be bumping your head. You're going to be hitting. But at the same time, linebackers play a decent amount. They're valued similarly to running backs. But you're not going to look, oh, that linebacker had X amount of snaps. We can't deal with him anymore. You're going to say that running back had 600 carries in his career? His mileage just ran up. He might not have much use for us when it comes to being in the running back room in the NFL. So that's the difference for me. One's risk averse and is beneficial for everybody going forward. The other is just, we don't want snaps. I understand everybody deserves a little bit of break, but if you're not going to sit out of a practice and they probably did limit Andrew body in a practice, they probably did limit Jada Byers in a practice. If you're not going to sit out of practice, I'm not sitting you out for the spring game. And it's not because fans are there. It's because it's just another practice. If you're not nursing an injury or you've had, or if you haven't been limited throughout the weeks of spring practice Don't come to me on a spring game talking about I want to sit this out because the game doesn't matter. I know the game doesn't matter because it's a practice, simple and plain. It's almost as simple as making us your first listen of the day every day, but that's like the most simplest thing in the world, and I thank you for it. Now, for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On Saints, Locked On Pelicans, Locked On, man, check out Locked On Cavs because they just had a blowout victory over the Knicks. And if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter, at South Exclusives. In the meantime, in between time. Until next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.